Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Adam Pranica. I'm your other host, Benjamin R. Harrison. Ben, uh, if it's okay with you, I would like to use our Mark Marin Open, <laughs> inspired by Mark Marin's podcast, where he takes the first couple of minutes to monologue about whatever's on his mind. I'd Thank like you to for that. explaining that joke to me, Adam. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Uh, more and more people have been confused about that reference. Uh, we we call it the Marin Open because that's what Mark Marin does on his podcast. And, yeah. and uh, I've been an admirer of his show for a long time. Yeah, it's a good show. Ben, we are just now getting back on the podcast horse after a long layoff. I've been out of town for a couple of weeks. And sure so have. since getting back home and and sort of returning to the administration of the pod, I just sort of read some feedback to our episode violations the mm. the troy episode the troy mind rape episode that was the episode that was most scary for us to do i think of, of any episode yeah i saw that this was one of our most listened to episodes uh ever whoa i think it's top 10 even and i don't know why that is but um i listened to it again and I read all the favorable reviews, and I felt bad about mm. that because I don't feel comfortable with taking the credit for being a good person in that way. Like, while I was away on vacation, I, I went back and listened to this episode, and by and large, I found it uh, sober and unfunny. <laughs> I thought we did a good job with it, with a difficult episode and a and a challenging scenario, but it made me think a lot about what we try to do, what I try to do personally on this show. Right. And it didn't feel like our show in a in a in a specific way. Yeah. And it and it felt scared in a way that I'm not proud of. I because that's... I would like to consider myself and I would like to consider you brave, like comedically, like brave enough to make a bad joke, brave enough to take some shit on the Internet about saying something awkwardly. And this is shit that we've taken before for being inarticulate about something that we should be more sensitive about. And so I'm, what I'm trying to say here is like I really appreciate our viewers ability to have this conversation about an episode like that with each other. Yeah. I am appreciative that they were grateful that we were able to do an episode like that without shitting all over ourselves and being <laughs> awful about a difficult topic. But the thing I feel bad about is taking credit for being a good person because I don't think that I personally deserve that kind of credit. Because, like, I, I didn't feel like I was deserving of any praise for being as safe as I was in that episode. And I've just thought a lot about that. And I don't know if you feel that way, the way I feel that way about that episode, or if this is just, like, way pod on pod, like, way too much pod on pod to even have a conversation like this in the open. But, like, what do you think? I haven't um, thought about this quite as deeply as you have. But, I'm like, in, in you bringing it up, one thing I'm thinking is I... Uh, noticed in myself that I was not nearly as engaged with the kind of every time we put up an episode there's always a couple of reddit threads about it and mm -hmm. a a series of posts in the Facebook group about various things that come up on, on an app and usually it's just kind of like yes anding the jokes and mm -hmm. uh, having having fun with the thing that we had fun with and I pretty much ignored the conversation about that episode I I think I kind of took a quick survey of it to make sure that we weren't like really hurting anybody because I think that while we were careful, uh, <laughs> I still, you know, when we hit publish on that one, I was still, you know, wanted to make sure that we weren't, uh, putting something out there that was going <laughs> to yeah. ruin anybody's day. Cause that's really not what we're about. Um, yeah. And I want to be clear that like, I don't regret 
not hurting people's feelings. Like that's not what it is at all. There's something. Yeah. Well, I, I think what I'm saying is like, I, I kind of felt the same way. Like I didn't want to go in and get my back padded because right, I didn't right. feel like that was why we did it that way. Um, you know, like we got accused of making quote rape jokes and making, making light of child rape, which is not really something that we're about. And in my you know, personal assessment of our of our jokes on that. I didn't think that we were doing a joke where the victim of a sexual assault was the butt of it. Right. Like like the the joke was that this show heavily implied sexual assault without um realizing that that's what it was doing. Like yeah. what a fucking bonehead move and that's hilarious. But also, like, the circumstance between two fake people in a fake future that could be deviant. Yeah, we took a ton of shit for playing with that as a, as a premise. And, and you can't record a podcast and put it out there and then control how everybody experiences it. And I'm sure that there were people that experienced that and had an authentic, like, negative reaction to those jokes. Uh, I think there was a lot of concern trolling going on when people would sling shit at us online and maybe we felt a little gun shy about getting more of that type of trolling in the violations episode right i mean it should be very clear by now to you and everyone else that like we don't rehearse or pre-talk about how we do this show we just get into it and that includes our opening like <laughs> i i sprung this on you well, I think one thing mostly that, mostly thing, because I, I didn't want us to overthink a conversation like this. I want it to be true, and there was something. Yeah, there was something about the violations episode that felt less than true for us, and I, I'm having a hard time uh, describing it any more than that. Well, you know? I think that a lot of the a lot of the comedy in our show comes out of like twanging on corny shit that happens in this yeah. TV series. Like it's a show that we love, but there's a lot of corny ass shit that goes on. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to gleefully twang on an episode that's as, as sincere an exploration of a very troubling subject as that. Yeah. By contrast, when when Picard and Wesley have a, a weird interaction, it's very funny, you know? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, like, one thing I thought about uh, in in putting that one up was, like, I wanted to kind of warn people going in because I know that the subject matter can be like really upsetting for some people. And I'm like, I don't want somebody to put our show on while they're like commuting to work or something and have a fucking meltdown because we were assholes about something that's really serious. Yeah, absolutely. That is something that, that is inarguable for us. Like that's, (laughs) that's not our way or our brand. I don't regret our choices on that episode, but I I know what you mean. Like it didn't didn't quite feel like I I just don't know like how we bring ourselves to just have a, a joke fest about something like that. You know? Yeah. I, I I just don't I don't know like if there's a solution to that problem. I'm not advocating for a joke fest about the mind rape episode. I guess by saying all of this, I'm also preparing us for the episode today, which is like very clearly the transgender allegory episode of the yeah. show. And so, like, uh, I have full confidence that we are going to be uh, considerate and good and mindful, but I also think we're going to be funny. Why start now? I think we can put together a good and funny show about this subject. Well, Adam, I know that you're going to be funny, and, uh, you know, I have about a 50-50 batting average, so here's here's hoping we come out on top. All right, season five, episode 17. Oh, this one's called The Outcast, Ben. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. We open the episode with... Worf back at work, standing at the at the back of the horseshoe. He's not even he doesn't even have a stool to sit on. He's oh, yeah. returned right to work. So presumably this is like six months later. Full recovery. Um, yeah. So the entrepreneur is helping the Janai find a missing shuttlecraft of theirs, and the uh, the like opening 
captain's log, Picard is setting setting the stage and works in that the Janai are androgynous, kind of like when somebody like unnecessarily works the race of somebody into a story that they're telling. Like, you know, I was at the grocery store and there was this black guy in front of me in line and he asked me to like hold his place in line and then took five minutes to go find whatever he was running to go get. Yeah, like he sort of Thanksgiving dinners the the description yeah, of totally. the scenario. Yeah. Like, come on, Grandpa. Like that is not germane to the story. Yeah. The guy was just looking for butter. His his <laughs> his ethnic background has nothing to do with, with this fucking story. Like Picard's going on and on about the Korean War, the Forgotten War. Like <laughs> we get it. We've seen the medals. <laughs> well, they, I think they're, they like have like a spot in space that they're pretty confident it's going to be, and they launch a probe, and the probe disappears. And we've talked about this a little bit in the last episode, Adam. You know, losing a probe is no good. You want a flared base so that it doesn't <laughs> slip in, because it, once it slips in, there's no getting it out. Yeah, yeah. Then you got to go to an emergency room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, explaining how this this happened is never fun, you know? You end up on those fun medical story Reddit threads. Yeah, or, or like... Stories from nurses. Yeah, or like a like a trade paperback of early <laughs> stories from Vice magazine. You do not want to make that edition of The Lancet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Janai are... Uh, are all hanging around and and they like I, this is like one of those races where you're like are these guys like in the federation or are they just pals with the federation what's federation the deal adjacent yeah like like they don't seem to be in the federation because it's like one of those we're learning all all about these people you know it's one of those planets where like this is the only example of these people we'll ever encounter like they're not they're not like the klingons where they're like colonizing a region of space they're not the cardassians they're not like a a power of any kind. They're not even like chaotic bros where they're, where they're like, oh yeah, you see one on a a starship vaping away every so often. They're just a one-off. Like if we're just going to make an alien, Mm -hmm. we can make it, we can make this alien look however we like. And so to make a genderless alien androgynous is a choice. Like you could make an alien that's genderless that looks like a Klingon or looks like chaotic bro. Right. So it was interesting to me the, the way that they they world built the Janai. Like they all have a little bit of head loaf. They all look like they cut their own bangs. Yeah. Like yeah, but they're, they're, they're also they're... very unemotive in a strange way. Like and mm-hmm. why and that's a choice too, right? Yeah, they do like, they don't it, use like contractions. They kind of have a data like lilt in their speech. To what degree is gender tied to uh, emotion or or appearance? Like they're making pretty specific choices here that uh, that serve to illustrate a a transgender allegory. Yeah, so transgender is is like the the thing that my mind leaps to here. I think in the era that this um, was shot, it was much more about like what if it was you know it's like. Um, what if what if gay people were the huge majority and they discriminated against straight people as badly as straight people distri- discriminate against gay people? Um, right, and like at the time that this show was made, like gender and sexuality were were conflated in right. in this way. Exactly, and and it's it's so amazing this moment in history to be revisiting this and have it feel just as relevant to the trans battle that's taking place like right, all right. of these people that have been have come so far on their understanding of sexuality are, are like have learned no lessons from that when it comes to the gender discussion <laughs> like, right right and you see it in the conversations that the crew has amongst themselves about the Janar. like yeah everyone has a moment of grandpa at thanksgiving pretty much yeah the first one uh, to have such a moment is Riker because he uh, he says that for two days I've been trying to construct sentences without personal pronouns. Now I give up. What should I use? It to us as rude. 
and they're like, you can't use, you, you got to use a gender neutral pronoun or nothing at all. And there is no gender neutral pronoun in English, which is, you know, really dates this, right? Like we have yeah. gender neutral pronouns. Like there are people that go they, them. There's like the XE, which I don't, I'm not, I've read a million times, but I don't know how to pronounce. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> like um, there's lots of things uh, that could be done with, with this, but like, that like this is that's one thing that this this script like completely misses on is the the pronoun thing. Riker is the proxy for the viewer in this case because Riker is the one that is learning mm-hmm. along with the viewer about how this works. The other thing he's learning is that Soren, this Janai who has uh, become friendly with him, is a dope ass pilot, and they're going to attempt to modify a shuttle to go figure out the shape of this weird area of space that their probe and earlier the Janai shuttle disappeared into. Yeah, it's it's called null space. Mm-hmm. They really don't give us much information on how this works. The way that null space pre- presents is like it's just sort of anti-space, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess they're, they're saying it's some sort of accidental byproduct of the way their solar system formed, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like... Did you find this scientific concept an awkward uh, sidecar to the gender conversation <laughs> being had th- this episode? Because I sure did. They're, they're just as just as unsure how to go about yeah. discussing null space as they are gender. Right, right. <laughs> that's exactly where I went. Oh, that's fun. They're doing their science on this, figuring out how to rescue the, the missing Janai shuttle, and meanwhile, you know, Riker and Soren are getting to know each other better and they're having a lot of like birds and bees type conversations about their different species. Commander, tell me about your sexual organs. Because uh. the first thing you do in a work relationship is, is talk about sex, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like certain, certain, uh, certain office environments are different from others. and uh, <laughs> That's true. I feel like if you're on a starship, like that's got to come up, right? Like, what if you're that guy from uh, from undiscovered country who's got his genitals in his knees? That was not his knee. You know, yeah. you're working on a starship, and somebody's like, "Hey, can you like kneel over there and you know, I don't know, like look under that bulkhead for something?" And like, no, I can't kneel. Not everybody keeps their genitals in the same place, Captain. The guy's going to have to put down a towel before doing any basic plumbing, and you're going to want to know why. Yeah. Soren's really curious about how sexuality works with humans, and Riker is pretty happy to discuss it, like in a... In sort of a cool dad kind of way. He is not <laughs> ashamed to describe his genitals to someone or or explain how uh, how procreation works. Like, he's a little bit, like, he has Riker eyes about being asked the question, but he's not awkward about it. Yeah, he's, he's like, wait he, a second, are there some sort of commercials amused. about to come? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but, like, he is, he is praying to be able to explain this off camera. Yeah. So... Riker goes down to the Janai homeworld surface and is like doing a little PowerPoint presentation <laughs> on null space and basically like does the inkblot test to the room. Like the thing on screen is a labia. I want you to look at these and tell me what you see. That's a, a pussy. Ladies pussy. Good. <laughs> and... I laughed out loud at this scene. Like, what are you doing, Will? <laughs> you got to get these slides checked. <laughs> Have someone else look at the PowerPoint show before you present to these people. This part between the asshole and the pussy. It was horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's that stuff is probably pretty, like, well-established on the, on the entrepreneur, you know? Riker having some kind of, some kind of obviously sexual stuff thrown into every presentation it's like a like box art for a disney film there's always going to be a a boner or something hidden in there it's like when you set up a new uh editing project like all of your folders are templatized to a certain degree like his uh his riker omega 3 powerpoint (laughs) 
presentation always begins with something labial. Yeah. And uh, it just like goes right over the heads of these Janai, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so they come up with this plan, right? Like this thing is dangerous and they know it's dangerous because they lost a shuttle and a probe in there. So what they need to do is map it out. They got to, they got to find out its boundaries and the way to do that is to hop in an upgraded Previa shuttle. Yeah. And this set piece is awesome. It's like the, it's not quite the size of a school bus, but not a minibus size. It's like a cozy middle. Sporty flush halogen headlamps, beautifully curved tinted glass, and a smart protective side molding give the Previa an exciting aerodynamic look that definitely sets it apart. Totally. It's a big Previa. Yeah. They... And it's beautiful. Like, this is a great set piece. They even put like a bunk bed kind of off off center and foreground to yeah. to really like show off how fancy this new prev is. It's on a little car show turntable that's like slowly <laughs> slowly rotating. Yeah, he's bragging on it a little bit. He's like, yeah, she'll she'll do uh 0.5 past light speed. She's got uh you know, most of these don't have armaments, but this one's got some uh some special modifications. Soren's like, it. is that a V8? Like, he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> V8, fuck that. It's a fucking V12, baby. <laughs> yeah, so they hop in the shuttle and they start, Riker's like, so I think we should probably start you off with a simulation. And Soren's like, no, like, I've been flying since I was a kid. Yeah. Soren, Soren's like, look, I'm going to, I should fly by myself. Like, I can't, I can't ask you to do this. This is a dangerous mission. And Riker's like, well, why don't, why don't I be your wingman? I'll be your wingman anytime. And so they decide to fly the mission together. Yeah, it's like an even more erotic Top Gun episode. As if there wasn't enough eros in the premise of Top Gun. <laughs> Star Trek is upping the ante with this one. And, uh, yeah. and you know, like, they... They keep uh, they keep getting closer and closer. Like they, I think they like fly an initial mission, and they're kind of doing some mapping. And they uh, they like clip a curb with their, you know, like dense their <laughs> dense the hub on one of their wheels, and they have to drive back into the garage and get it fixed up. But uh, you know, in in fixing it up, like they have like a pretty intense, like you know, they're down under the dashboard machining on something and Soren essentially comes out to Riker in this scene, right? I find you attractive. Uh, what she confesses is that in their society, like... And if it were known on my planet, it would be very dangerous for me. There are people that uh, feel a strong connection to a gender and they're maligned by the genderless cultural dominance or whatever. Yeah, and the example she uses is like a really like contemporarily terrifying story of basically like a Mike Pence reprogramming camp for people who feel a specific gender identity. Like she talks about this kid she went to school with and, and like they identified as a certain way and then they were sent away to a camp and then they came back all reprogrammed and yeah. Like 1984, like, like, end of the end of the book kind of deal where they've kind of yeah. lost lost their joie de vivre or whatever you'll be one of us soon yeah pretty dark it's rough i mean and that really describes a real thing that happens to real people still in 2017 yep which is fucked up and i mean like this is also kind of a revelation because like they've been they've been hanging right like they had they had a Hang and ten soup. forward, yeah, and and like, at that point she was like, you know, what do you look for in a woman? And and uh, Riker kind of talked to her about like what he finds attractive in another person. I like one who's intelligent and sure of herself, who I can talk with and get something back. But the most important thing of all, she got a great ass. Soren is cool and fun and and smart. Like the woman that. Riker describes as his type happens to be Soren. Yeah. Their interest in each other has not escaped the scrutiny of the people that Soren works with, right? Like there's right. some there's some go to commercial scenes where uh some associates of Soren sort of look askance at them. And yeah. one of those scenes happens at the end of the 10 forward scene where 
one of them walks in on a meeting pea soup and soren like bolts up out of the chair a little she's defensively like, she's like yeah i gotta go um reorganize my sock drawer so peace yeah i don't think Riker has done the pea soup form of seduction before but uh but it's cool it's like a good way to get to know him like you share the food yeah. you grew up with with a with a romantic interest right it's nice it would have been interesting to see what what uh would have happened if wesley the boy tried that pea soup is a very divisive soup though like i think you're really going out on a limb with that particular soup i guess it depends on the recipe but uh my wife, capital H, hates pea soup, but like homemade pea soup's awesome. Next time you guys come to uh, to New York, I, w- I want to try a pea soup out on her because there's a place literally half a block from my apartment that are you serves, hitting on my wife? Ben s- serves a pea soup that is unbelievable. I'm in, like real ham hock pea soup. Uh, no, it's a Middle Eastern joint, so no pork oh. products present. Don't dig on swine, which is. Part part of what's really astonishing about this pea soup being delicious. Yeah, that would come as a surprise. I feel like the the porkiness is a big part of my enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, no, I'm not hitting on your wife, Adam. I just Boy, want her, that's I just that's want to be her... clipped and abused, isn't it? That that line. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite drops. <laughs> I've been I've been systematically going back through past episodes and editing it in. Um there's also that uh really dreadful poker scene that we should probably yeah. talk about. Yeah, we, got, we should. Uh, the doctor, Troy, Data and Worf and they are playing um poker and I think that this is probably intended to be a moment of levity in the episode, but Worf is presented as being such a ravenous misogynist that it's just, like, incredibly distracting. Twos, sixes, and aces are wild. That is a woman's game. It's like, what the fuck is this even in here for? Like, why would you kneecap a character like that? A man's game has no wild cards. It feels like a room writing for a conflict instead of to a character yeah. much in the same way that Riker had such, you know, out of left field feelings about assisted suicide in the last episode. Mm. Like, I feel like they knew that they had to have a conflict at the poker game. They knew they had to have someone be a misogynist and they just gave it to Worf because they needed someone to carry that ball. Klingons are somewhat misogynist, but I don't feel like they're this misogynist. I just, it's, it's weird, right? Cause I mean, it's one of those, it's one of these scenes and there've been dozens of them in the, in the course of us reviewing this series where I'm like, I don't want to believe this character thinks like this. So I yeah. choose not to, but it's fucking in the show, right? Like, so, so to some extent it's canonical. It's almost code of honor levels of, of shitty yeah. You know? <laughs> it really is. And like I don't know how you get that stink off of a character. Like we're in we're at the end of season five and now you're painting Worf with the misogynist brush and it's not watercolor. Like this is fucking acrylic. Yeah. This does not clean off with a little bit of soap and water. Right. You're not gonna be able to wash the brush in Keiko's grandma's cup. <laughs> <laughs> it is a guiding principle of a soft reading face. Have you got find it within yourself? So the uh, the space MacGuffin has been solved, I guess, and um, they're getting the shuttle ready to to go on this new mission. And um, and I guess this time they're going to go into the the space butthole and get the get the crew back from the missing ship. Yeah, the first mission was like survey. The second mission is rescue. Right. Because it's sort of a race against time, right? We learned that this Janai shuttle. They know that it's running, but they're sort of running out of resources to keep the crew alive. Like, right. they, they only have a certain number of days left. I think this is maybe Jordy's only scene in the episode, and he walks in with a full beard. What? Yeah. How did I miss this? Scrub back through it, dude. Jordy wow. is rock, rocking full beard, like as much beard as Riker in this scene. 
Whoa. God, like, I just watched this episode. I don't know how I missed that part. It's weird, right? <laughs> I like it. I think he looks great. I think he looks better than normal. He looks he looks great normally. He looks even better now. I have a baseline level of beard envy just in general, like just in life. Mm-hmm. So I'm pro-beard, mostly because my beard is an atrocity. <laughs> and I'm forbidden from trying anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, is that a uh, is, is that part of the prenup? That is, I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a baseball player on the Cincinnati Reds. No beards. <laughs> I've had a beard in the past, and it's uh, it's pretty divisive in my marriage as well. You look great with a beard. I don't have like thick enough beard hair to really pull it off, but it's like almost thick enough it's it's really tempting for me to have a beard mm. but it's not quite it's that, like Riker has like a nice full thick beard and I have like kind of just enough patchiness that I wouldn't want anybody to look at it super closely I get about four days in for like the the span of four or five days and things get awkward in the house <laughs> can't quite put my finger on it like <laughs> attitudes change yeah well they go do their rescue. Goes great. <laughs> There's like a moment of suspense when they try the transporter the first time and it doesn't work, but then they like, you know, reverse the polarity and patch the patch the engines into the power system. They beam the unconscious Janai over to the shuttlecraft and then the entrepreneur beams them out of the space butthole, which uh is I guess they uh, they are now in a position where they are happy to burn a Previa because I guess that means they've just left this nice nice new Prev <laughs> in the null space, right? I guess when you get into a new model year, they're they're more you get more of them. They're more prolific. Yeah, they're they're more on the lot. Right. So their resale value isn't doesn't stay as good. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a little sad. I yeah. kind of grew attached to that Previa. Yeah. So they have like a little like reception to celebrate the uh, <laughs> the success of the mission. And um, Riker is down there and he's kind of like having, he's having a little bit of a leaning wall moment out in the, uh, out in the veranda of uh, this party. And Soren comes out and she's like, hey. Uh, there you are, Commander. I wondered what had happened to our guest of honor. You want to go... Uh, do a little nature walk with me, and I'll show you some of the local flora and fauna if you get my drift. <laughs> Maybe you can show me that great big stamen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Riker's like, yeah. I've always been interested in exobotany. As long as there's some husks to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> we never see a husk, do we? No, we never see a husk. Let me ask you a question, Ben. If this is what is this, what is this 1994 right now, like something, on the show? Like that. Are you allowed to describe something that is used for sex and then show the thing later? Like, like by describing the husk as a sex device, are they disallowed uh, from showing it? Like standards and practices would yeah. uh, would would look askance at them, including a husk shot. Yeah, like I'm wondering if the husk shot is verboten. <laughs> I don't know. Because um, I wanted to see that husk. Got to yeah. be honest with you. Like as a child, I just thought it looked like corn. Because that's my only context for husks. Right. Who knows, man? Who knows? You cook your corn in the husk or you, you peel it first? Um, if I'm going on the grill, I, I'll usually leave the husk on to... Uh, get some steaming action then i might Mm. pull it off and peel it back and get some some browning see i'm wondering what kind of peeling and browning the janai do with this husk i want to know all about it and the thing is like rub the corn with some butter and put some parmesan (laughs) and uh and chili powder on there too sounds real warm and nice yeah like soren's asking all kinds of questions about uh human sexuality and riker Riker's, Riker learns about the husk. He knows about the husk. But he doesn't really go all the way with the husk. 
in in the questions, I think that's a missed opportunity for both the viewer and for Will Riker. Yeah. What isn't a missed opportunity is this uh, nature walk scene because <laughs> Riker, Riker and Soren get, you know, just far enough into the forest to be out of uh, out of earshot and viz from the party, and they start having a sweet, sweet makeout. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's Soren that sort of initiates, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. Good for Soren. Like in spite of the danger, the danger that she's described. The danger, I'm calling her she now because she's confided uh, her her gender truth to Riker. Like, she's down. She's down, and in spite of the many dangers, she's going for it. Yeah. She, she chooses love, Ben. Yeah, love wins. So Riker gets back up to the ship, and he um, he pays a Deanna Troy a visit to, uh, to let her know that he's met somebody, you know? I feel like this is like Imzadi courtesy. Except Troy doesn't observe Imzadi courtesy when she's making out with Jason Schwartzman on the uh, on the eugenics planet. Maybe Riker carries a little bit more of a torch for Troy than vice versa. It's a classy thing to do. Yeah. But uh, but I don't know if it's totally necessary. I respect it. Yeah. It's a it's it's a it's a typically valorous act for. Riker William T, I would say. It's a classy move by either party, I would say. Yeah. I guess the deal is like, it is like right after this that he catches wind that Soren's been caught by the like gender police or whatever. They're like holding Soren in a trial. So Riker tries to like storm the trial and go like, no, like I, I did all of it. You know, Soren was an unwilling participant, and they're like, you know, your stance on consent is pretty well established in this court, sir, and uh, we just don't buy We've that. We've heard about you. <laughs> like, they, they just had first contact, and they knew about Riker's consent fetish even before he was on the scene. <laughs> Word gets around fast, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that just doesn't ring true. And Soren is like, yeah, no, that's fucking bullshit. I was like the case uh, law on Riker's consent <laughs> fills volumes. Yeah. Yeah. So Soren is like, I was having just as much fun as he was. And um, I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of living a lie. You know, like, let's uh, let's have a reckoning with this as a society. And they're like, well, uh, instead of that, we're just going to like do our sadistic Mike Pence shit to you. This part of the episode was really painful, like, because she she does the hero shit, like, yeah. she makes the case in a court. Her case is strong and good, right? And, and Riker's trying to enough. say, like, like if like don't Mike Pence her, like let her come to the Enterprise, and you know we'll we'll take her away. She's not going to bother you anymore. Yeah, but uh, you know the Mike Pence's of the world. It's not about. It's not actually about correcting something that they consider a problem. It's about controlling everybody, you know? Right. Well, the Mike Pence's of the world are never going to feel better about themselves by controlling other people. That's a hole you can't fill, Ben. Mm. But if you try, you're going to want a flared base. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we recommend the Mike Pence model butt plug. Oh man, I if we could get a Mike Pence butt plug in the Max Fun store, I would be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's got perfect white hair and dead eyes. Soulless eyes, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And when that Mike Pence butt plug has you. <laughs> those black eyes roll over white. We're gonna need a bigger boat, Adam. 200 to die in the water. <laughs> 30 to die make it out. <laughs> uh. My love is a piece but long in jail for that which longer nurses the disease. Riker is stymied and he goes back and he sits down with Picard in the in the ready room and this is another Picard kind of trying to talk Riker into a prime directive type of reaction yeah two in a row two eps in a row yeah it's kind of a soft suggestion 
Like, yeah, he does that in a way where he's like, look, man, you can do what you feel like you need to do, and I will give you only as much cover as I can professionally. Yeah. But does not do the, like, he does not captain him into submission, you know? Right. He's like, you know, like, please don't violate the prime directive, but if you got to, you got to. Yeah, he's he doesn't have a heart of stone. So Riker is, like, suiting up for this, like clandestine assault and uh and Worf is like yo i heard there was going to be a clandestine assault can i get in on this <laughs> are you by any chance considering an unannounced visit <laughs> did you notice Worf's saltwater beach hair when he walked into riker's quarters oh yeah he had some beachy waves going he looked great yeah he looked like he'd been having some fun in the sun adam <laughs> You want to rest up before a clandestine assault. A warrior does not let a friend face danger alone. Yeah, well, he was uh, he was so exhausted after his uncharacteristically misogynistic tirade <laughs> in the poker game that he decided to uh, spend some time on the holodeck doing some boogie boarding, <laughs> you know, shaking out that mane in the slow motion. Nothing gets the misogyny out like a shore break. <laughs> Well, they uh, they go down to the planet's surface and they're like they like essentially like beat the shit out of a couple of the uh, the Janai that are like taking Soren around and Riker this is like peak Star Trek fighting, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> punches and kicks and throws that just don't work in real life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they and Riker like grabs her by the wrist and run they run off into the into the forest and um she's like dude like you're too late i i have zero gender again the treatment worked and that that's maybe the 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 farthest sci-fi leap the show has taken yet because we know that shit doesn't work yeah we know that and that's like part of the tragedy right like riker put it all on the line to go and rescue her and like the outcome you want is is for her to be rescued from the tower and for Riker to save the princess it's a sad ending and it's also like not an ending that I can give a full-throated endorsement of because it does sort of depict conversion therapy as being like viable and I know it's like sci-fi but I don't like that it's ever I don't I'm not into it ever being implied that that's like a a, a course that you can take. This moment uh, rang particularly true and painful to me personally because um, maybe this has happened to you, but uh, very early on in college, I had a relationship with a sweet Mormon girl. Mm. And we did some decidedly non Mormon things together. <laughs> yeah. While she was on break from her Mormon school. Yeah. And uh, once the summer was over, uh, it was very sad that, that she had to go back. She was like, look, I think I think what we have is great. And um, I'm starting to feel less and less like a Mormon school is a place for me. So uh, I'm going to go back to the Mormon school and I'm going to transfer somewhere else, somewhere that's more in line with, with my, my current beliefs. And I was like, wow, that's great. Like, things are going great for us. Like, I really enjoy being with you. This has been an awesome summer. This isn't going to be a summer fling, right? Right. So she goes off to school and like that thing happens, Ben, where like the phone calls stop and like a week or two goes by and the signs aren't looking good. Mm. Finally, finally get her on the phone and she's like, I had a change of heart. I came back to school and I was among the Mormons again and like I talked to my preacher figure here and he told me that I was a very bad person and what we did was wrong and bad and I regret every moment of it. Wow. And don't plan on me uh, changing my life for you. I'm going to stay out here and do Mormon things. It's over. And that's how I was broken up with. Dang. And and that felt uh, not exactly like this, Ben, <laughs> but... <laughs> The idea of a sort of programming yeah, uh, being the barrier to a relationship is extremely painful because you feel like it's out of your hands. Yeah. 
and you feel like the bad guys won. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it felt like here. Yeah, a uh, uncharacteristically dour ending to an episode, and, and like, Riker goes back up on the bridge, and Picard's like, Is our business with the Chennai finished? And Riker's like, yeah, we can go. He uses that language that that is sort of coded, right? Where where only the two people know what they're actually talking about. But right. for all intents, like the rest of the bridge crew is oblivious. That was a classy move by Picard. Yeah. Like to make sure before leaving. Yeah, it was a uh, like friendlier thing than he usually does, you know, to keep his captainly distance. For someone who doesn't, who hasn't had a great experience with romantic relationships, like Picard, Picard understands them and other people. Yeah. Like he gets how things work. And I thought it was big of him to give Riker some harbor. True that. Did you like this episode, Adam? Yeah, I did. It seems ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I in, mean... In some, in some ways, it still is... It's still very much not ahead of its time. It's sadly contemporary. It steps on a couple of rakes for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I felt the same way. And I, I feel like um, one thing that was particularly sad at the end was just thinking about how so much has been accomplished for gay rights uh, that, you know, now and now we're looking at the same fight for trans rights and it like feels like we are back to square one mm-hmm. and this this episode like newly speaks to that fight and yeah that is yeah. really discouraging you know like i i just wish that and they, they make the argument in this episode like it doesn't fucking injure you at all that she wants to be a she and not a a they and like there's no reason for you to have a fucking court hearing over it like get over yourselves like it doesn't fucking matter to you or it that shouldn't point was articulated you. really well. That, yeah. The show did a great job with that. And it's something that I wish, like, our culture could just, like, incorporate. And uh, it, it seems so hard for some people to, like, stay out of other other people's business. Yeah, and an episode like this really, it brings to the fore an issue that a lot of people have to make the main part of their life. And the challenges associated with that are innumerable. And yeah and sad and and i'm sorry it's it's like that for so many people yeah adam uh on a lighter note i see that we have a indicator light that may or may not mean there are priority one messages waiting for us on the other side of this delightful drop priority one message from starfleet coming in on secured channel need a supplemental income supplemental income supplemental supplemental yeah it's extra by the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Uh, ben. Adam. We have a personal priority one message. A gang style message. It is from many people to one person. It is from Ryan, Heather, Tachikoma, Cassette, Bonnie, and Clyde. <laughs> the, the legendary robbers? Yes, and it is for Ross. The message goes like this. We used to be adversaries. You were the tomalock to my Picard. <laughs> the standard issue door to my wharf. <laughs> the Keiko to my Miles. <laughs> but over time, we bonded over many things, including TNG and 3,200 baud modems. The now best we're the modems. best of friends. You know, you go through those modem wars with people. You come out on the other side. I was always a 14-4 man. Yeah. You are the Jordy to my Data, the Loxana to my Mr. Hom, the Wesley (laughs) to my Traveler. No offense. (laughs) Happy birthday, brother. Wow. The references are getting more exotic. Yeah. More specific. More razor sharp, Ben. I think that at, at a certain point, we may not be able to keep up with the references. <laughs> Even us. <laughs> that that was a great message by a lot of people. I don't know how you can get that many people to agree on a single message. 
Yeah. Of course, when you're the Borgs, you don't have that problem. Hmm. Maybe that's a. Maybe this is a fledgling collective. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> we can only hope that Ross gets assimilated. Pronto. Adam, we have another message here, and it's from Katie, and it's to Jesse. Happy birthday to a husband as as to a husband who is as smart as Picard, as great a dad as Cisco, as studly as Kirk. I've loved you since our first argument about Wesley Crusher 20 years ago. Fun fact, you are now the same age as Brent Spiner when he began playing Data. That's a good age. That's some trivia right there. Yeah. Um, we, I think that the bulk of our, of our business in Priority Ones is, is in celebrating people's birthdays, and that feels great. It truly does. Marking the passage of time with our... Whiny nasal voices. <laughs> what could be better? Yeah, I think the uh, the only way to punctuate another trip around the sun is with two dorkazoids from the internet who spend entirely too much time thinking about Star Trek. <laughs> it is so much better to do a P1 than a Benjamin R. Harrison-shaped sheet cake. <laughs> Anatomically correct. Yeah, so minty. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if you don't have the cash for a cake and instead want to allocate those resources to Priority One messages, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron, where you can turn your group message into a message delivered by me and or Ben. To uh, thousands of listeners. <laughs> personal messages... Uh, Especially with the birthday variety are $100. Commercial messages are for $200, and they help the ongoing production of our show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Do you have a minty fresh drunk Shimoda? Drunk Shimoda! <laughs> my, my, my drunk Shimoda is decidedly not fresh in this episode, hmm. Adam. Uh, very occasionally, we give drunk Shimoda to entire scenes and mm. I think that the poker scene in this episode has got to be my my Shimoda it's just it is so unfortunate that this scene is in the episode I think <laughs> it is. I, I feel bad preemptively laughing <laughs> it's just uh you know like it's it is it is cruel to Characters who I think shouldn't shouldn't be characterized in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like sometimes sometimes we complain uh, about an episode or two where suddenly the writers are writing the the senior staff as dumb. Yeah. We really don't like that, and I think that um, I have e- an equally bad reaction when they write them as ignorant. You know, yeah. like there's yeah. no fucking way Worf thinks this way. There just isn't. Yeah. Based on based on all of the past episodes, like I completely, I, I I completely agree with you that he's probably more misogynistic than any other character. But the the brand of misogyny that they depict him as of, as having in this is uh, really off off the mark, in my opinion. Yeah, they they use him as a utility to further the story, to present a counterpoint in in the in the conversation. And it's like I I just wish they were more careful like yeah. that. Like this shit has consequences. Yeah. Like now now this is a thing with Worf. <laughs> and you don't unstink him from this easily. Yeah. And it's just like out of nowhere. Like yeah. Like, they aren't even talking about this, really, and Worf forces the conversation. Yeah. He he, he says a super sexist thing to Troy, which is just, like, so uncalled for. Are, you arguably don't even need the scene. Yeah. Really. You don't. Because the stakes are so high. Like, you risk ruining Worf with shit like this for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I picked a fun Shimoda, Ben. Yay! Just to just to play off of yours a little bit. There, there's a scene where uh, where Soren and Riker are sort of rooting around in the shuttle, and uh, and they like pull off a panel 
and they're they're dicking around with the wiring inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think Riker references something like a starboard manhole thruster. <laughs> ben, I don't know what that is. Except innuendo. <laughs> and yeah. I'm choosing to believe that innuendo is the universal language. Like these are these are aliens unfamiliar with each other's ways. Uh you know, Soren is sort of probing around Riker's sexuality and, and figuring out how humans do it. I feel like Riker just might have tossed that one out there to see if that one lands in the room. Like, yeah. somehow we'll do that to each other on the show. We'll, like, <laughs> we'll tease a joke out to see if the other person's going to pick it up. And I'm wondering uh-huh. if Riker isn't doing it in that scene. Like, did you hear what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't believe that the uh, starboard manhole thruster is a part. I think that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm giving it to Riker. Nice. Damok, Angelad, and a good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace. And I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about Microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's Microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org.
What do we have coming up on the next episode, Ben? Is it a very special episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? The next episode is Season 5, Episode 18, Cause and Effect. The entrepreneur is trapped in a time warp that forces the crew to endlessly repeat the same experiences. (laughs) Do you remember this episode, Adam? This is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. I like this episode more than some movies. Do you like it more than the Tom Cruise movie, Live, Die, Repeat? I really like that movie. A.K.A. Edge of Tomorrow? I liked that movie more when it was called Edge of Tomorrow. I think that race to the lowest common denominator on titles is fucking bullshit. Yeah, they, keep, they totally turned the, original the, t- title. the title into a hashtag, didn't they? Yeah, that was dumb. That made me feel bad. I like that movie, and I like this episode. Yeah. I think this... they both succeed, if memory serves, at showing an event happening over and over again, and yet it doesn't get boring to see it again. Yeah, I mean, we'll save a bunch of this for the next episode, but the... Cold open into theme is one of the best. Like, it shocks a 10-year-old to see what happens <laughs> in that first 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, uh, that's can't our wait next to see episode. It. Yeah, I can't wait either. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we repeat over and over again, Ben, is this show. And more specifically, its conclusion. Uh, if you have something to say about this or any other episode, uh, you can chat us up on Twitter using the hashtag GreatestGen. I'm on there as at CutForTime. Ben is there as at AHR. We should thank Dark Materia for our theme music and Adam Ragusia, who is always Johnny on the spot with new music whenever we come up with some cockamamie idea for a new segment. He is, like, reliably there with a, a track to layer in. Uh really makes my day every time or maybe one of the hosts blows their audio and needs uh <laughs> needs him to fix it yeah. he's there for that too he's one great he's like he's like the third beetle totally like the third beetle <laughs> is the third beetle ringo <laughs> no come on he's obviously the fourth beetle everyone says that i don't believe it who else would be the fourth beetle I don't even care about the Beatles, and it's obvious to me that he's the fourth Beatle. I think it's Paul. I'm just going to say that. Whoa, shots fired. You can send your letters to Jesse Thorne. <laughs> Resident music expert. <laughs> it's a good thing that Merlin Mann and John Roderick don't listen to this program, Adam, because I feel like they would... Uh, they would spend an entire episode of Roderick on the line talking about what idiots we are. I'm not so sure they don't already do that, Ben. <laughs> this show is not exactly held in high regard by one no. John Roderick. No. Though Merlin Mann is a friend of the show. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are smeared all over Reddit in a number of areas. Uh, there's, there's, there's r slash greatest gen. There's yeah. also uh, the Maximum Fun reddit where people discuss our page where people discuss our show over there i recommend using baking soda and peroxide that'll buff right out (laughs) or uh or a a jar full of water for your brushes (laughs) uh we're also on facebook and uh, that's also a really lively community and uh if you check out the hashtag greatest gen uh, there's a Twitter user named WDW Plantoons, P L A N T O O N S, who has been, uh, over the last few months, has made like three or four animations of chunks from our show featuring <laughs> like photoshopped stuff we are describing. And uh, he, he or she, I don't know if it's a, uh, a per, I don't know where this person lies on the gender spectrum, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they uh, they released a a, uh, a little animation of of Bat Trek <laughs> uh, today that uh, is really fun. So I haven't I, seen it yet. I'll I check hi- it out. I highly recommend you go look for that Bat Trek. Yeah. All right. Uh, with that, we will be 
back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation make it so make it so was not expecting a Jaws reference this episode, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.